whose body parts were found at a village in Taipo. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Early stage colorectal cancer doesn't cause any symptoms. However, screening can achieve early detection. The colorectal cancer screening program subsidizes Hong Kong residents aged 50 to 75 who don't have symptoms to get screened. It can be free. Remember to get screened every two years after being tested. Visit colonscreen.gov.hk to learn more. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello, I'm Jaap van Zweden, music director of the Hong Kong Philharmonic and the New York Philharmonic. To the listeners who tuned into radio with the 95th anniversary of RTHK, the public broadcaster of Hong Kong, I wish you a happy birthday. 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 years. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With Hong Kong. Welcome to The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Hope you're all having a fantastic start to the weekend. On Wednesday, the Financial Secretary Paul Chan gave his budget speech for 2023 to 2024, including his new plan, Happy Hong Kong. Activities include a gourmet marketplace, large-scale food fairs, collaborations between Hong Kong's own theme parks, and more. Aside from that, all eligible Hong Kong residents aged 18 and over will receive a $5,000 consumption voucher, with hopes to boost the economy. On Friday, Mr. Chen came into Broadcasting House and addressed some questions and queries about his budget through a special phone-in program. When asked about when Hong Kong will drop its mask mandate, here is what he said. Mask. Uh, where to take off the mask? Uh, this is still... Uh this policy is still there on health grounds. And, uh, well, my colleagues in the health bureau have been uh, given very clear message as to the community, community aspiration uh, to take off the mask as quickly as possible. Uh, this is high on their agenda. Uh, but I would also say that uh, this, despite all this, it is also very important for us after these three difficult years, not just to attract foreign tourists and business visitors to Hong Kong, but organize more activities for people to enjoy and for people to spend time together with their families. So apart from the government organizing uh, the uh, activities in different districts, we have the support of uh, non-government organizations, say, for example, the Ocean Park Disneyland, uh, as well as the West Kowloon Cultural District, the Science Park and the Cyberport, to stage different events for for the Hong Kong people to bring their families together to have a good time at mm. their respective venue. 
As you know, Mr Chan, there's a great deal of talk about uh, face masks. I mean, would you be able to give us any indication of when the mask mandate might be relaxed? Uh, probably, probably in... Uh, towards the end of this season. Mm. Yeah, but of course, my health colleague is monitoring this very closely. Yeah. And well, uh, from time yeah. to time, even during the budget consultation, uh, we have received similar views mm. and the sentiments, uh, I do understand. Mm. Okay. Uh, we have another caller on the line, uh, Mario. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Mario. What's your question for the financial secretary? Uh, I want to ask him, uh, when do we have the half bonus for social security recipient, and I hope it will be as quick as possible because we really need the money. Would you please tell him my question, sir? Uh, so you can actually put your question uh, directly to the financial secretary. He's 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 listening to you. Very good. Yeah, thank you. This is, can be effected as soon as the uh, as soon as the legal approve the budget. So as we okay. pass year, this will go with the. Uh, normal routine monthly payment uh, on the basis okay. of our database. Uh, Mr. Chen, we, we need the money will be very, very useful to us. Please, as quick as possible and, and thank, thank you in advance. Thank you. We will do our best. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Mario. Bye, Mario. And uh, Mr. Chen, I just want to, before we get another caller, I just yeah. want to go back to uh, what you were talking about earlier about uh, um, IT development, yeah. AI development. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite clear you're putting a lot of emphasis on these areas um, with the aim of uh, maybe uh, making Hong Kong into an international IT hub. Um, so when do you think that will actually happen? Well, you know, uh, Hong Kong has our own development history. And the evolvement of Hong Kong into an international financial center is very much following closely the development on the mainland and using our unique advantages to serve them. And at the same time, we achieve uh, good development. But to an extent, now that our industry structure is too narrow, say, for example, the financial services sector contributing to about 22-23% of the GDP, but at the same time, employing about only 7% of the population. So in order to offer better job opportunities and upward mobility for our people, we do think that we have to diversify our industry. And not just diversification, but also the quality of this development. So innovation and technology is the, the way to go. Number one, this is globally the trend. Number two, this is transforming everything. Uh, in the past six years, in previous government, altogether they spent about over 160 billion. And we are able to develop a more vibrant ecosystem. But this is not enough. We think that in order to achieve our policy objective, we need to have more business, a cluster of business uh, in this area so that jobs can be created. So in this, in the policy address of the CEA and this budget, we devote resources into attracting enterprises, uh, uh, inviting, inviting them to come here to set up and attracting talents because strategic enterprises will bring along talents. And talents in itself, if we are able to develop a pool, we will be able to attract businesses. So this is an interactive process. I think uh, at the moment, we are focusing on health, uh, health tech, uh, as well as AI, robotics. In the coming few years, we will start to see uh, 
start to see the results. Yeah. Mm. After we announced the, uh, the initiative of setting up an office for attracting strategic enterprises, I think over the past few months we have been approached and also we proactively reached out over 100 companies already. That was Financial Secretary Paul Chan, and he was speaking to Jim Gould and Janice Wong. On the program, we often talk about food and cultures from all around the world. And this week, let's take a look at Brazilian food. When it comes to Brazilian food, maybe it's not as common or popular in Hong Kong, but if you are adventurous and open to try something new, our next guest might have a recommendation for you. On Tuesday's brunch, chef instructor Agnes Lessa shared with Noreen her favorite dish, feijoada, which is a meat stew that is normally paired with rice or you can eat it directly. Since a young age, Agnes has developed a passion for food and cooking. And on Global Flavors, she shared with Noreen how and when she began her journey. Besides the, the, the barbecue, feijoada is a very well-known Brazilian dish as well which is a beans and and pork and beef stew. It's very flavorful. It's, it's slow cooked for many hours to build complexity and create fla- layers of flavors. And it's really fulfilling and, and, and it's very it's good. So tasty. Dish. Yeah. What, what do you have that stew with then? Do you pair it with um, uh, uh, potato or, or rice or bread? What, what do you uh, have it with? In general, the feijoada, the Brazilian feijoada, is the main component of the dish. Oh, and traditionally, we serve it with white rice, uh, some orange slices, fresh orange slices, and some saute with garlic kale. This would be the, the, the whole composition of a, a, a feijoada plate. Very complete, nutritionally speaking. You have all the flavors, you have acid, you have sweet, you have salty, you have all the, the flavors around it, umami, everything. Yeah. Um, what about some of your childhood favorites that you can share with our listeners? I was such a sweet tooth when I was a child. Uh, in Brazil, my favorite from Brazil is brigadeiro. Brigadeiro is the simplest, but yet the most amazing and delicious uh, uh, dessert uh, that we have. This is a staple. There is no birthday party without Brigadeiro. Uh, we use Brigadeiro. It's a very sentimental food for us because if you are happy, you eat Brigadeiro to celebrate. If you are sad, you eat Brigadeiro to shoot your pain, so <laughs> to to shoot your 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 pain. So it's an emotional emotional food for us. It's nothing but chocolate truffle balls made out of sweet condensed milk, reduced, oh. slow cooked and reduced. And then after it cooled down, we roll in little balls like golf size balls, and then roll again in some chocolate. Uh, flakes and you eat it and you binge eat it <laughs> it sounds so tasty and it's brigadeiro it I- was one of the first things that I asked my grandma to teach me how to do after I graduate on the peeling potatoes and carrots stage I, I told her 
I want to learn how to do brigadeiro. And she said, no, but then you have to cook it on the stove. It's dangerous because it's, it's hard to say, no, please. And then I, I remember I, I waited for until I get like eight or nine years old. And then she allowed me to, to operate the stove and cook brigadeiro. It was such a, an achievement the day that I learned to make so brigadeiro. <laughs> so it's sweet and condensed milk. You cook it in the stove to heat it up. And then yeah, you, you combine, uh, sweet condensed milk, a little bit of butter on only uh, the cocoa powder and you just slow cook it until it reduce and get more thick and get the right texture cool down roll the balls and enjoy wow, so <laughs> I was good. so happy because then I was independent I could make brigadeiro to myself I don't need to wait nobody to, to, to cook it for me I could do it and you can make it to celebrate because now yes, you know how to make it yeah. <laughs> um, so why is it so important for you Agnes to bring Brazilian cuisine to Hong Kong to, to, to locals here and overseas it's part of who I am I am Brazilian I am proud of my 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 the land where I was born and Hong Kong itself is quite challenging because you guys here you are so spoiled because you have so many good restaurants around and you have absolutely every cuisine of the world you wake up in the morning I want to have French food and then by lunch you can have Vietnamese food and by dinner you can pick Italian food and you are going to have an assortment of restaurants to choose from so it's challenging I, I think that the Brazilian cuisine deserves a place here as well. And it's really bring my, my roots to yeah. here. Because you also specialize in refined Brazilian cuisine. Because I think during the break before, we talked about how Brazilian food is the whole atmosphere, you know, the whole um, ambiance party mm -hmm. and, and food and drinks. Is it different to the type of um, uh, experience that you're trying to create as well? Yes. Uh, one of the, the courses of the studies that I furthered in my, my career was the whole experience, uh, the, the, the multi-sensorial experience when you have a meal, right? That I, I, can I mention the name of the, the, the institution? I, I graduated on Le Cordon Bleu. And by this, we excite not only your palate by the food, but the visual matters, the sound matters, the smell matters, and it creates a whole experience. Because food by food itself, you can have food anytime. But people nowadays, they are looking for more than food. They just don't want to fill their bellies. They want to have an experience that will create memories. And when they, and, and food is something that's very linked to our memories, to our childhood. Sometimes you grab a, I don't know, an, an orange, an, an orange yeah. that you say, oh, it tastes like the orange that I used to have when I was a child and I opened my lunch box and my mom packaged it for me with so much love and care. Mo food, food is very linked to emotions. It's evoke emotions all the time. So by exciting the other senses, we can create a whole experience, which will be unforgettable.
Yeah. Agnes, uh, you know, uh, from speaking to you, I know that you're continuously learning. You, you keep learning. Uh, you love reading from books. Um, what happened after you graduated in Hong Kong? What other projects have you been up to? Uh, after I graduated, I graduated in Hong Kong. Uh, I, I was invited to become a chef instructor at the, the institution, institution where I graduated, which flattered me, of course. And I find myself a passionate teacher. <laughs> I thought I was not uh, born to teach anyone, but at the end, after having this, having this chance, I find myself a very happy chef instructor because I really like to spread this knowledge. I, I, it, it really gives me a lot of satisfaction when I see a, a student that came to me and say, "Hi, chef, I don't, I, I don't know, not even how to handle a knife properly." And at the end, when they look at the plate that they just finished, they just cooked it, the, their face changes. They feel so capable, and it, it's so nice. I am, I think, I am addicted to that moment when they look at the final dish with that much of of proud that I did it, mm. and I knew that I was the tool that guide him through this journey to produce that moment that was memorable for them. Chef instructor Agnes Lessa, and she was speaking to Noreen Mir on brunch. Since it's the weekend, it's time to wind down and relax, and also time to hit up the cinema. Recently, Hong Kong film A Guilty Conscious became one of the SCR's first film to top off $100 million in the local box office. The film navigates the story of a lawyer trying to free a client who was wrongfully convicted of murder due to his own negligence. The story highlights how social status and money can buy influence, and the brilliant acting brings the characters to life. If you think this is a bit too heavy for your taste, maybe the next one is just for you. Like always on a Friday afternoon, film critic James Marsh shares with James Ross some of his thoughts on some latest screening blockbusters. Including some thought-provoking dramas about mental health, a scary bear, and many more. I'm sure something's bound for you. Right. Well,、um, it is kind of somewhat slim pickings.、Uh, I think the big title that most people are going to be interested to hear about is Cocaine Bear, which you know pretty much says everything you need to know about what it, what that's、okay. about. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Get to that one shortly.、Uh, there's also a Taiwanese drama called Gaga in cinemas now. But I want to start off by talking about a TV show that's on Apple TV Plus.、Uh, that's been been out for a couple of weeks. So we're about sort of halfway through the run of the show now, and I thought that was a good time to、uh, talk about it. And that is Shrinking, starring Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Right, right. Small people so, or something? Is that the is that the、uh, basis of the story? Is it what? Sorry, shrinking small people or something? <laughs> in in one way, yes, but it's about psychiatrists, and、uh, you know, it's about mental health, and it's about grief, and it's about that kind of shrinks. That. that kind of shrink. That kind of shrinking. But but there is you know there is a double meaning in play because it is about you know this lack of confidence with yourself in the in the day to day world. But but it is a comedy as well. Uh, this is the new show from Brett Goldstein and Bill Lawrence, who are the creators of Ted Lasso. Ah, so you know the bar is pretty high. You know, arguably that's sort of the best TV comedy out there at the moment.、Um, but what fans of that show will have seen is that, particularly in its second series, and we are just about to start the third series, 
it's it has sort of deviated increasingly away from the sort of the out and out comedy and even from the out and out sort of sports angle, the football stuff. And it has started addressing uh, themes related to mental health and grief and pressure and lack of confidence and and those kind of things and you know performing in the public eye and expectations and all those kind of things and it really feels like this show shrinking was born out of uh the desire to further explore some of those ideas but you know without the distraction of football and so what you get is a story and it's created co-created by jason siegel who is also the star and he plays a psychiatrist called uh jimmy laird uh who is going through a bit of a tough time himself you know he has a practice with a, a couple of other psychiatrists his boss is played by harrison ford um but about a year before the show starts he lost his wife in a car crash and he has been pretty rubbish at dealing with that, despite the fact that he's got a teenage daughter, Alice, played by Lukita Maxwell, um, also under the same roof, trying to do deal with it. And we, so we meet him a year into his grieving process, and it's all going terribly. Yeah, you know, he is lost himself in drugs and booze and and women and casual relationships and all the rest of it and it's just going it's just going very very badly and obviously his work is starting to suffer as well but then he one day he just kind of uh snaps a little bit while at work and does something that apparently is sort of the golden rule of psychiatry you don't do which is to tell your patients exactly what you think and what they should do right uh <laughs> you know apparently you know the rules of psychiatry you're supposed to just sit back and let your patients discuss how they feel and ask them what they think they should do in order to solve this problem but he he's had enough of that and he basically tells one of his patients uh to leave their abusive husband Okay. And she does it and apparently it goes well and he has this kind of sort of epiphany this re this revelation that if I just speak from the heart and speak honestly and share, you know, my true feelings with my patients then I might actually get something done. And in the process of that he starts sharing far more about his personal life with with his patients, which is another big no-no. Okay, so the big um eye-catching movie that's out this week is probably cocaine bear uh okay <laughs> based apparently on on kind of to to some degree on real events in 1985 a very dodgy sort of narcotics officer turned drug smuggler uh called andrew c thornton second uh was flying a shipment of cocaine uh you know over georgia and the plane malfunctioned. He threw it all out of the door into the into the hills and the woods there. But then when he tried to parachute after after it, uh, the parachute failed and he died, leaving all of this cocaine like in obviously packets and bags strewn all over the, the mountainside wow. where a huge 175 pound black bear found it, ingested a lot of it and by all accounts that's pretty much where the true story ends the the bear was found and had overdosed and died unfortunately and there is no gosh. record mm. yeah and there's no record of the bear having attacked anybody however this is exactly the moment where the movie picks up mm. and they're like well what, what, you know what can we do with this let's have some fun so in the movie the bear, which is actually rather decently rendered uh, CGI bear by the Weta, the people who did, you know, Lord of the Rings and, and everything else in between, um, 
eats bag eats packets of cocaine as as he finds them uh, as she finds them i should point out it's right. a female bear and then goes on a sort of murderous rampage attacking hikers and park rangers and you name it um until you know and, and until the end of the movie pretty much and so we, it, it obviously pulls in a myriad different characters you have that we we learn early on that the the drugs belong to a guy called sid dentwood played by ray liotta in one of his final roles before sadly he passed away last year and so he sends his wayward son eddie played by aiden ehrenreich who people might know as he played the young han solo in the solo spin-off movie okay star wars movie uh and o'shea jackson jr jr uh, best known as being Ice Cube's son, who played Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton, and he's popped up in other movies as well. So he sends these two young guys out into the mountains to to find all these all the cocaine, essentially. Otherwise, they're going to get in trouble with their Colombian drug lords. That was film critic James Marsh, and he was speaking to James Ross on the Brew. And finally, to end today's week on three. I'll leave you again with our friend Steve James, where he will be taking us back in time to celebrate the birthday of Ian Brown, the lead singer of the Stone Roses. All right, that's it from me, my very last show. It has been such a pleasure hosting the program, and hopefully you'll get to hear me sometime somewhere. I'm sure my wonderful colleagues from Radio 3 will be taking very good care of you from here on The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Goodbye for now. The factories may be roaring with the boom a zoom a wee But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. So a lawyer in a courtroom, in the middle of an alimony plea, has to stop and help him for when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Today's tea break. The birthday, born 1963, of Mr. Ian Brown, lead singer of the Stone Roses, and his own it's on his own. Space exploration, Olympia station, NASA corrupters, Jurassic Space exploration, station to stars, on a military mission, on a military journey to Mars. I see you in my stars. Lost, 
Oh, 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 oh,